a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Hello and welcome to this edition of Global Business on CGTN. I'm Guanxing in Beijing. Coming up on the program. The third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation will kick off tomorrow as the initiative marks its 10th anniversary. Today marks the fifth anniversary of Hainan Free Trade Force construction. We take a look back at what has been achieved. We start with the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation. The theme this year is High Quality Belt and Road Cooperation Together for Common Development and Prosperity. The forum celebrates the 10th anniversary since the initiative was first proposed by Chinese President Xi Jinping in 2013. The event is held right here in Beijing with a two-day forum kicking off tomorrow. And for more on the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, I want to first bring in CGTN's Yeo Yang, who is covering leaders from around the world arriving in Beijing to attend the forum. Hi there, Yuyang. What's the latest? Yes, Guanxin. As I mentioned earlier, the airport in the Chinese capital city of Beijing has a very busy schedule today, with several heads of governments arriving to attend the upcoming third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation. Well, actually, new guests have been welcomed all through this afternoon. For example, right behind me is actually the airlines of Serbia, on which President of the Republic of Serbia, Mr. Alexander Vučić, have arrived in the Chinese capital to attend the event. A welcome ceremony has been right, held right here in the Chinese capital, and of course, less than half an hour ago, Lao President Tonglun Sisley and his wife Nali Sisley, as well as the President of Republic of Congo, that Mr. Denis Sassou Nasco, have all arrived. And China and the country have carried out a number of cooperation projects under the Belt and Road Initiative. For example, such as the number one national highway, the over 500 kilometers highway, is an important passage. Linking the Republic of Congo's capital and Buen Noir, the country's economic centre. Well, meanwhile, we have also observed Papua New Guinea's Prime Minister James Marapay, together with his wife, also arrived in Beijing for the grand gathering on Tuesday and Wednesday. And PNG was the first Pacific island country to sign the Memorandum of Understanding and Cooperation Plan with China under the Belt and Road Initiative. At the same time, the Cambodian Prime Minister Han Monet, together with his wife, have also arrived in Beijing. Han Monet visited China last month, actually, on his first official trip abroad since taking office in August. Many believe this visit demonstrates the warm relations between China and Cambodia. So, Guanxin, more world leaders are due to arrive in Beijing this evening as the BII gathering is going to kick off soon. That's all for me. Back to you. Well, thank you for all that information, or Yuyang, for us in Beijing. The Belt and Road Initiative has completed its first decade, and during that time, it has yielded fruitful results. Over the past 10 years, BRI cooperation has resulted in many achievements, and the community has grown, proving that the initiative has created a new paradigm for international cooperation, benefiting people of all nations. Arshiyi has more. Do you have any idea of these numbers? Behind them, there's a story that has been written for 10 years under China's Belt and Road Initiative, which now has become a big community shared with over 4 billion people. During the past decade, China has signed more than 200 documents on BRI cooperation with 152 countries and 32 international organizations, with more than 3,000 coordinated projects. Better life. 
with projects for poverty reduction, people's livelihoods have been significantly improved. The World Bank estimates that the implementation of BR transportation projects will increase the global income by 0.7% to 2.9% by 2030, lifting over 40 million people out of poverty. Closer connection with a number of landmark projects including China Europe Railway Express with 84 lines connecting 211 cities in 25 European countries. And future development. China has signed more than 50 cooperation documents on ecological protection with relevant parties and jointly launched the Belt and Road Green Development Partnership Initiative with 31 other countries. The average e-commerce development index of BRI countries is now 49% higher than the global average, and the digital Silk Road now has become the cyber bridge to upgrade the globalization. The Belt and Road Initiative has already proved that all countries have a dream and vision to build a world of lasting peace and common prosperity, and the BRI family is turning these ideals into reality. Apart from the opening ceremony, three high-level Belt and Road forums, six thematic forums and a CEO conference will be held at the National Convention Center in Beijing. And let's go to our Michael Wan and our studio at the forum's venue site for more. Hi there, Michael. Take it away. Well, hi there, Guanxin. The third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation officially starts tomorrow, but here at the forum's media center, everything is abuzz already as journalists from around the world and of course here from China have already to begun to preview this mega event. We've got over 1,200 foreign journalists. They're here to cover the forum. In total, we have over 4,000 participants from over 140 countries and 30 plus international organizations attending this year's event. Now here at CGTN Global Business, we'll be on the ground bringing you full coverage of the event through our special series of reports called Paths to Shared Prosperity. Now, earlier today, the Belt and Road Forum saw its very first press conference. For more on that, I want to bring in our Ho Jing. Hi there, Ho Jing. So you're at the media center all day today and at that press conference. Walk us through the latest. Thank you, Michael. I'm the media center of China National Convention Center, where the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation will be held on October 17th and 18th. Besides supporting facilities for media staff, the venue also has services like printing, banking, urgent medical care, and even prayer rooms. Though the event will be start tomorrow, as you can see, journalists and participants from China and many other BRI participating countries are already gathering in the convention center. During morning activities and lunch, I talked to journalists from Chile, Lebanon, Honduras, Thailand, and other uh, Southeast Asian countries, African and Latin American countries. They told me that the Belt and Road Initiative has brought developments in many areas, such as infrastructure and technology. What is being achieved in the past decade is extraordinary. They expect more to be achieved because China is willing to cooperate and co-develop with other countries. Uh, two media, uh, two press briefing events have um, been held today about achievements under the BRI scheme in marine cooperation and global green development. It stressed that the, BR, uh, the Belt and Road is not only an uh, initiative about development, but more importantly about green development, about harmonious coexistence of both human and nature. Here are some highlights. Please take a listen. So far, we have invited one foreign vice premier, 11 foreign minister-level officials, and more than 70 foreign guests to the forum about ocean cooperation. The forum will be divided into three parts, the opening ceremony, thematic exchanges, and release of results. 
The opening ceremony will be addressed by ministerial level officials from relevant countries and representatives from government departments, scientific research institutions, enterprises, think tanks, and other international organizations. They will discuss three topics, developing a sustainable blue economy, improving the health and resilience of marine ecosystems, and promoting innovation in marine science and technology. A list of cooperative projects and initiatives under the Belt and Road Blue Cooperation will be released at the end of the forum. Yes, the third Belt and Road Forum will officially kick off tomorrow. So please stay tuned for our program for more updates. That's all for me. Uh, Michael, back to you. All right. Many thanks for that report, our Ho Jing, covering the Belt and Road Forum for us, of course, right here in Beijing. Well, like I mentioned, this year's Belt and Road Forum sees over 1,200 foreign journalists from all around the world covering the event. One of them is Birat Anumpam, a senior journalist from Nepal, who joins us right here uh, in the studio to talk more about his expectations for this year's event. Birat, welcome to the program. Uh, from what I understand, you have been in China already two months now yeah, covering yeah. this country. First of all, welcome to Beijing, welcome to China, and welcome to the forum. I want to get your take first in terms of which areas, perhaps which topics that you're going to be looking out for at the third edition of the Belt and Road Forum. I'm here to hear the voice of the Global South. What do the leaders from the Global South are saying? What are the opinions of the journalists? So how is their impact? How is their expression about the BRI? Mm. So this is not my visit to cover the BRI Forum, third BRI Forum. This is also to hear the voice from the Global South. It is like the UN General Assembly. People from most of the countries are here. So I'm here to listen to them. Yeah, again, uh, participants from over 140 yeah. countries yeah. represented uh, at this year's forum. Birat, we know, of course, right now, the global economic landscape, the geopolitical landscape is very uncertain. When it comes to the Belt and Road Initiative, what do you think the significance of this initiative means, especially in the world that we live in today? I, I belong to the uh, developing country, and the Belt and Road Initiative is not a Chinese project. This is our project, because we are buying Chinese goods, we are buying Chinese service, even without the good roads, even without the good ports. So this is our project. For China, it is already the second largest economy in the world. It doesn't need more roads to sell the market, to sell the product. So this is for the developing world. This is for the global south. So I am lucky that one of uh, my country was a part of BRI in the first summit in 2017. So this is not a project of China. This is the project of the global south. Right. So like you mentioned, Nepal is a partner country uh, within the Belt and Road uh, Initiative framework. Yeah. What has the BRI specifically meant for Nepal? Maybe walk us through some of the concrete outcomes that we've seen in Nepal under the BRI framework. During the Mao Zedong era, we had the first road to connect from the China to the South Asia. That was from Nepal. So during Xi Jinping era and in times of BRI, there are talks and there are study about the uh, China-Nepal railway. And the feasibility studies are going on, the technical surveys are going on from the both sides. Recently, my prime minister he was here in China. They, uh, they agreed on the same thing. So uh, some, uh, we had the new air, two airports in Nepal, and one was uh, supported by the China in terms of the construction, another was supported by China in terms of the loan. Mm. So non-BRI partnership are also going on, BRI partnership are also going on, yeah. Okay, Barat, we're going to leave it there. Many thanks for your thoughts on this, Barat Anumpam, senior journalist from Nepal. Thank you, Barat, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time. Thank you, thank you so much. Here at thank the you. forum, thank you. Well, China's state-owned enterprises are a major contributor to development projects on the Belt and Road. Here on Global Business, we are bringing you a series of conversations 
with the heads of numerous SOEs to find out how their companies are contributing to local economic development. So in today's conversation, I spoke with Mr. Zhang Xiaolun, chairman of China National Machinery Industry Corporation, otherwise known as Sinomark. Sinomark is one of the world's largest equipment manufacturers. Take a listen. China National Machinery Industry Corporation, otherwise known as Sinomark, consistently ranks number one when it comes to China's top 100 machinery industry companies. The group is involved in advanced equipment manufacturing, technology research and development, supply chain services, and engineering contracting. Sinoma Group is also a major contributor when it comes to the Belt and Road Initiative. We're here today at the group headquarters to speak with Mr. Zhang Xiaolun, who is group chairman, to get his take on what Sinoma is doing to support the economic development of local communities along Belt and Road countries. So, Mr. Zhang, how does Sinomark view its role in the Belt and Road Initiative, and what responsibilities does the group consider essential when engaging in BRI projects? As a pioneer of going global, Sinomark has cooperated with countries along the Belt and Road since the 1970s and has rich experience and good reputation. We set up 363 overseas institutions in 102 countries and regions around the world. With the aim of high standards, sustainability, and benefiting people's livelihoods, we have constructed nearly 2,000 large and medium-sized engineering projects overseas, involving key fields such as new energy, new infrastructure, healthcare, and modern agriculture, making important contributions to local economic and social development. So, Mr. Zhang, let's talk about a specific case example on the Belt and Road Initiative. It's a very important project on the Silk Road Economic Belt. This is the land route of the BRI, and it's the China-Belarus Industrial Park, which has received a lot of attention from the top leaders of both China and Belarus. Sinomak is one of the main builders of the industrial park. So, talk to us about the progress. The development of the China-Belarus Industrial Park. The China-Belarus Industrial Park is located in Minsk Oblast, Belarus. It's currently China's largest overseas economic and trade cooperation zone. The park is a landmark project of BRI, personally advocated by President Xi Jinping, and has important political and strategic significance. In March 2023, President Xi Jinping and President Lukashenko signed a comprehensive strategic partnership statement, emphasizing the joint promotion of the development of the China-Belarus Industrial Park into an international cooperation project and a main satellite city. At present, significant achievements have been made in attracting investment, with a total of 114 enterprises entering the park and a great investment amounting to 1.355 billion U.S. dollars. So, in the past decade, the Belt and Road Initiative saw more than 3,000 cooperation projects taking shape and catalyzing some 1 trillion U.S. dollars worth of total investment. The forum, of course, provides an opportunity to take stock. Of the concrete development achievements that we saw from the initiative, and we are of course expecting more deliverables from this year's forum compared to previous editions. Now, tomorrow a CEO conference is going to take place where more BRI deals will be expected to be signed. So stay tuned to CGTN as we bring you the voices and thoughts of business leaders and other thought leaders attending this year's Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation.、Uh, but for now, it's、uh, back to you in the. 
Well, thank you, Michael, for all that information. We're talking about the upcoming CEO conference. We're very glad to be joined by Mr. Benedict Soboka, the CEO of Eurasian Resources Group, who will be attending the CEO conference tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for coming over to our studio. So, Mr. Soboka, you have been working closely with a lot of BRI projects in the past 10 years. In your opinion, how has BRI contributed to the economic integration and facilitated trade flows in Eurasia and beyond? Thank you. Give me a minute. We've We've been members and very active members of the BRI for many years. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would like to take the opportunity today to thank all our Chinese partners that have walked with us across this more than a decade to develop the Belt and Road projects across the world. And as a matter of fact, uh, this is the 10th year anniversary of the BRI initiative. But for us, a company that has its root originally in Kazakhstan, for us, the Belt and Road Initiative started earlier. We actually built the first Belt and Road project about 15 years ago, the aluminum smelter in Kazakhstan, which today is the, the only aluminum smelter in Kazakhstan. And it was, in fact, um, President Xi Jinping, he, in 2013, during his visit to Kazakhstan, he announced the Belt and Road project, which for us has always been a reality. Mm -hmm. In a way, the Belt and Road Initiative has really given life to to a history of cultural exchanges that date back 2,000 years and has really been, been has inspired now more than 140, 115 countries to work together to improve the state of the world. Mm. And um, yes, it has been originally an idea that developed in China, but the benefits have been very global. So mm. for us, really, um, 10 years are a true testament to the success of BRI. Um, China, I believe, since then has signed with its partners more than 200 agreements, invested over 1 trillion US dollars. And what people don't uh, always appreciate is, is that the initial investment in a Belt and Road project typically triggers secondary and tertiary investments right. that are not directly associated with the initial investment. And we've seen this in the operation areas where we work in Central Asia, in Africa, in South America, uh, where infrastructure has to be expanded to unlock resources and uh, as President Xi Jinping put it, building high quality, sustainable, mm -hmm. risk resistant, reasonably priced, that's also important, and inclusive infrastructure to help countries fully utilize their resource endowments. Mm -hmm. And we've benefited from this over the last 10 and actually 15 years. Mm -hmm. oh, it's a, a long time and, and let's talk about the upcoming conference. What are your expectations for it to further accelerate the uh, development of BRI? Well, first of all, for, for, for me personally, it is a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with my old friends from China. Because I, I went, I spent some time in university here, as you might know. Uh, I've written a book about China. So I have very, very close personal relationships in China and friendships that have developed over these last two decades. Um, but of course, the, the conference itself, I remember when we started 10 years ago, it was an important conference. Mm -hmm. But today we're talking about 140 countries that are represented here, 30 to 40 international organizations. Um, I mean, this is the week to be in China and not anywhere else. So this is very important for us. And of course, in terms of, um, in terms of outcomes, uh, we as a company, as Eurasian Resources Group, we will be signing several agreements here um, that are in execution projects that are being actually developed and deployed today uh, in Africa, in South America, in, in Central Asia. Um, so we have a, a very strong interest uh, in this conference itself. Mm, but of course, the, the, it will also help us, um, the conference will give guidance on how to coordinate policy across the world as the world becomes increasingly fragmented and supply chains become increasingly fragmented. Mm. Uh, we will hopefully see more investment promotion mm. 
because projects that are targeted at infrastructure and particularly sustainable infrastructure, they are long-term projects. Yeah. They take time to develop. They take and time to leverage. invest and construct. So you cannot, because it might, the atmosphere or the mood or the environment may change, you do not stop. Because what you start, you have to continue for the next 10 to 15 years. That's the nature of right. the typical belt and road green sustainable projects. They have to be long-term. And that's why it's so important that the investment promotion is, is also as a conversation about sustainability, transparency, environmental impact, and long-term sustainability of, of international cooperation in infrastructure development and technology. Hmm. I'll talk about you're going to sign a few agreements, and that is quite a vote of confidence in the future of the development or BRI. Uh, however, the world today is also facing a lot of challenges, such as rising protectionism, the fractured trade system. How should a BRI respond? to all those new challenges in Europe? For, for us, uh, BRI has always been about partnerships. It has not been about creating an alternative or creating, creating something that is in opposition to an existing framework of investment, of development in the world. It's always been complementary for us. So this is important because when you want to develop sustainable uh, infrastructure, um, it is important that countries cooperate, right? These are typically yeah. very large projects that have a long-term investment horizon, yeah. and you have to cooperate. So, um, But it has to go much beyond this. It has to be not just investments or shovels, developing bridges and ports and mining projects and, and oil and gas projects and whatever, wind farms. But this is also as much about cultural exchanges, it's about partnerships, it's about long-term cooperation and mutual benefit for all parties involved, and that includes as well the communities that also need to benefit from these investments. This is beyond just the political aspect or the diplomatic aspect. It's also about increasing and improving livelihoods, which China has shown over the last 40, 30, 40 years since its opening up, has lifted more people out of poverty than any country in the history of the world, and yeah. that is something the world can learn from. And you also talk about sustainability, which is also uh, uh, a very important area of the BRI to focus on in the future. Uh, so how will your company uh, to work with the BRI project in promoting sustainability, and how do you plan to leverage BRI to uh, meet these goal sustainability goals? For ERG, as a, as a very large mining company, we have over 85,000 people in 18 countries. Sustainability is at the core of what we do because the nature of our business depends on the social license to operate in the countries where we work and invest. And that's very important to us. And of course, where, where the Belt and Road Initiative here comes in is, is it is beyond just enhancing physical infrastructure, promoting trade and investment. Sustainable development really is about global partnerships. We as ERG, we, um, we co-founded an organization in 2016, which is called the Global Battery Lines, um, as an initiative of the World Economic Forum in Davos. And, um, it, an organization that Global Battery Lines is the, now the largest organization, multi-stakeholder organization worldwide in the energy storage space. And we have a number of, uh, of representatives from China, including CATL, mm. um, CCCMC, China EV100, and a few others um, that help us develop sustainable supply chains. Because what we see today as investments, and including 
the Belt and Road Initiative investments that go into sustainable supply chains such as wind farms, that's a renewable energy generation, will require tremendous amounts of critical raw materials that yeah. need to be produced in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. And the Global Battery Alliance has set itself the target to help expand the supply chain in a sustainable way. And we've initiated a, a, a tool called the Battery Passport, which mm-hmm. was announced this year in, in Davos, which creates transparency around provenance, CO2 footprint, ESG scores, and recyclability of batteries, which we think is probably the biggest purchase order in the history of the mining industry is Mm. the energy transition and the Belt and Road Initiative as it develops from a a originally a very strong focus on infrastructure into more sustainable long-term investments that help the green energy transition uh, will very much support this and uh, we're Mm. very happy to be part of this. Well, we hope to see more of such great examples of BR in the future. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, That was uh, Benedict Saboka, the CEO of Eurasian Resources Group. And today marks the fifth anniversary of the construction of Hainan Free Trade Port. Over the past five years, the average annual growth rate of Hainan's foreign trade imports and exports has reached over 23%. Meanwhile, Hainan has deepened cooperation with Hong Kong in some major areas. Many Hong Kong-funded enterprises have chosen to invest and settle in Hainan. Take a look. Xing Binbin, a Hong Kong resident, has ancestral roots in Wenchang, Hainan. His family-owned enterprise, Shiny Day Group, has invested in a Wenchang supercomputing center project in Wenchang International Aerospace City. The center is now in the final stages of construction. To date, the total investment in the Wenchang Supercomputing Center project has exceeded 20 billion yuan. The project has gained strong support from the Hainan government, both in terms of policies and taxation. The development of Hainan's high-tech industry has also entered the fast lane. Currently, the global transfer base for the introduction of animal and plant germplasm resources in Hainan is under construction. Hainan Jingang Biotech Company Limited, which is also funded by Hong Kong Capital, is looking forward to the completion of the base and has expanded its industrial layout in Hainan. We have recently developed about 40 hectares of land in Chengmai. The government has given us support in many aspects. Since April 13, 2018, when Hainan started the construction of its free tree port, the province has locked over 2,360 new Hong Kong-funded enterprises, accounting for 41.6% of the total newly foreign-funded enterprises in the province. The total amount of Hong Kong capital invested reached around 72 billion yuan, accounting for 73.4% of the actual total amount of foreign investment used in Hainan. Next, Hainan will introduce more favorable policies to promote economic and trade connections with Hong Kong via major platforms, such as the Boao Forum for Asia and the China International Consumer Products Expo. The Hong Kong Trade Development Council has participated in the expo for three consecutive years. Then the process are eagerly anticipating the fourth Hana Expo, and we will continue to provide them with high-quality services. The service center facilitates the connection of resources for young entrepreneurs from Hong Kong and Macau to boost their investment confidence. Lin Wo, Sansha Satellite TV in Hainan for CGTN. And that would do it for this edition of Global Business. Thank you for being with us. Bye for now.